0: is sandra hancock and i want to thank you so much for tuning in to our program now the message today is part two from last week expect your miracle now in this series what we're doing we're talking about different uh blind people that jesus healed and how he healed each one differently but what i want you to understand is jesus still heals and some of you have been praying about a miracle or a breakthrough for a long time. Well, friends, you are entering that season for your miracle. Increase your faith that this day is your day for your miracle. Be blessed by this message. All right, let's go now to Mark eight twenty two through 25. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, and he asked him, If you saw anything? And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Now, if you'll notice in this particular scripture, Jesus, first of all, didn't notice this man, but there were some friends that brought their blind friend to Jesus. And there's something important about that because have you ever been to the point in your life you couldn't have faith anymore? Maybe you were so physically ill that you needed friends to get you to Jesus. Hey, we need each other in these last days. We need to be encouraging each other, lifting each other up. People are facing battles that you never know what they're going through. You think they're ignoring you, but you don't know what they're going through either. But they had, he had a friend that said, I'm going to get you to Jesus. So when you are going through some, and you may say watching by television, I don't have any friends. We're your friend here at Voice of Hope. We want to speak life and encouragement to you. So they took this blind man to Jesus. But what I want you to know is he took him outside of the city. He took him outside of Bethsaida. Then what he did, he spit in the man's eye. Why spit? Now, I don't think y'all like me spitting in your eyes too much. Now, I do if you're close enough sometimes. I don't mean to. But if you understand, during this time, spit or spittle was considered to have healing properties. And it was also used as medicine, they thought, during that time. So really what it was doing, it was increasing this man's faith. So when Jesus spit in his eyes, he said, can you see? And he said, I see men as trees. Now that tells me maybe that he wasn't born blind. Because how would, he know what, how would he know what a tree looked like if he had never seen one? So that was not a problem to Jesus. Jesus laid hands on him, and he was perfectly healed and restored. First of all, Jesus, he told him also, don't even go back to Beseda. I pulled you out of that place. Don't you even go back to Bethsaida. Don't even go back to that village of Bethsaida. And I thought that was so interesting. Why would Jesus tell him that? Well, he had to pull him out of his environment for him to receive his miracle. Because see, Bethsaida was known for his unbelief and his sin. So he had to get out of that environment and sometimes for you to receive your healing and your miracle you got to get away from your beseda because that beseda will poison your faith you know there are people and it may be you may be saying well maybe I go to a church that don't believe that Jesus heals we don't believe in miracles and well you may need to go somewhere and get your miracles all I can say because what happens is it dampens your faith, you know? And then there'll be people that'll say, well, we don't believe in that anointing with oil. My grandpa said, I don't believe in no woman preaching, laying no oil on me. Well, honey, when the doctor gives you a bad diagnosis, you're going to find somebody somewhere that's going to pray for you, and it may you may have to get out of your Bethsaida to get it. You know Jesus could not even do miracles in his own hometown because of unbelief, and if you found your family is the hardest people to minister to or to talk to because they know the old you, <laughs> the old us. That's <laughs> what uh, so I heard somebody say. They were talking about somebody the other day, and said, well, I heard they had to have a story, and I thought, well, don't we all? I don't think anybody wants all of our. Closet brought up, <laughs> but that's what the grace and the mercy of the Lord's all about. So Jesus took him out and he said, Don't you go back? So sometimes you got to get away from your beset of buddies. Some of you is trying to soar like an eagle, but you hang it with a bunch of turkeys, <laughs> do nothing's going nowhere, ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you trying to have faith, and they're like, Well. Y'all know it's true. And see, the thing about this pandemic, a lot of people are going back to their Bethsaida. They're going back to drugs. They're going back to alcohol. They're going back to the old way of life because they're desperate right now. And the problem is the church has been asleep because we're afraid. We're bowing to the spirit of fear, and the world is just, they feel like they've gotten hope. And the hope is in Jesus. And that hope comes as we as the body of Christ rise up and say, I'm not bowing to the spirit of fear anymore. We got work to do in the body of Christ. We're going to, let me tell you, if it's not one pen, it's going to be, I'm not prophesying that, but we're living in the last days. You're going to have one thing, you're going to have something else. And if you bow down to fear all of the time, you'll never fulfill the call of God on your life. And the enemy is one. Not to say we're not careful, we do all we know to do, but you can't bow down to that spirit of fear. So, some of you got to say, hey, Bethsaida buddies, <laughs> I can't hang with you anymore. See, a lot of people, when they get lonely, they go back to their Bethsaida. The Lord pulls you out of an environment, but you say, well, I'll lose friends. Well, God to bring you some more friends. So don't you dare crawl back in the pit that God pulled you out of. And don't return to your Bethsaida. And that's the same thing. Now, I believe this is a progressive miracle. Because Jesus could have healed those eyes just like that. But it's to tell us that sometimes it's progressively. And that's the way he he works. But a lot of times people get doubt. Let that old doubting devil come in and keep you from receiving your miracle. We've had people that will receive healing here. And then once they go home, they say, Well, I just don't feel good. I mean, I don't feel anymore. Well, you got to keep claiming it. Because anytime the enemy's going to try to put a symptom back on you to make you think, Oh, well, I didn't get healed. You keep quoting the word and you don't give up. And don't go back to your baseta. One more. Y'all learning anything? Yeah. Say, My season. Amen. John 9, 1 through 6. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he said these things, he spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. This man was born blind. He probably never heard of Jesus, didn't know Jesus was a miracle worker, but the disciples noticed him and said, was this a curse from the parents? Because they thought in those days that blindness was, was a curse from the parents. And of course, Jesus said, that's not true. See, there's a lot of people you, you're dealing with guilt in your life that you don't need to be dealing with. You need to give it to the Lord. It's not a curse, the Lord will bless. But you gotta get rid of the guilt. But anyway, so Jesus called this man, this particular instance, he called him forth. But I love what he did. <laughs> Apparently, had to take him outside. He spit on the ground. There's that spit. Then he made little mud pies, put on his eyes, and then he said, Now go dip in the pool of Siloam. And I thought that was interesting because, first of all, it was spit again, spit and then mud and did this make any sense at all why this man had to go to the pool of salome why couldn't jesus just heal him right there and can you imagine he had to find somebody to get him to salome because if you're blind how are you going to find salome and can you imagine going up to people and saying, look, this man named Jesus put these, blood, these mud pies on my eyes, and I got to get to Siloam because he told me to dip and told me I would be healed, so can somebody take me to my Siloam? Well, he found somebody because when he dipped, he was healed. And so many times the Lord will ask us to do things in our lives that did not make sense. For you to receive your healing and your breakthrough. It may be to forgive somebody. See, some of you said, well, I won't forgive. Oh, <laughs> if they was on fire, I wouldn't spit on them. It don't make sense to forgive that person. You don't know what they did to me. What well, do you want to be healed? Or you want to still live in spiritual blindness? Forgiveness does not mean what they did was right. It Just give it to Jesus and let him heal. And it doesn't mean that it happens overnight. It's a process that you have to go through. But after a while, the Lord makes it easier. But he'll ask you to do some things. That made absolutely, this man didn't know Jesus. He looked foolish going up to people and saying, I got mud on my eyes. Can you take me to Salam? And some of you feel like you got a little mud on your eyes today. A lot of mud on your eyes. And you're saying, can somebody get me to my salon?" And we're here today because it's your season. But that's when you got to put feet to your faith and do what the Lord's telling you to do. When you put desperation and obedience together and persistence and faith, that's when miracles take place. But as long as you argue with the Lord, if y'all had just a little argument with him, I'm not gonna do that. Well, guess what? You're gonna go through the same mountain, go around the same mountain time and time again too. Till you pass that test. So when this man was healed, he goes back to the synagogue and they said, Is that the man that was blind begging? And he said, like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm the man. And there was such great fear because the Pharisees were so upset because it was a Sabbath day. They'd rather see this man blind and begging than to be healed. Well, his parents had such great fear that they would be expelled from the synagogue. That a preaching itself. A lot of people are afraid they're gonna be kicked out of their church if they get too spiritual. If the Pharisees can't control it. So anyway, they said, is this your son? And they said, oh, wait a minute, that's our son. But we can tell you, he was blind, but now he can see. And he's old enough to speak for himself. <laughs> so he was, he was healed that day. Of course, he comes back and Jesus says, because of your faith, he was spiritually awakened too, wasn't he? The Spirit, He knew Jesus that day. Didn't know Him. Looked foolish. Had mud on His... Hey, some of you, you, got some bad reputations. But that's a good thing. We all got mud on us. But when Jesus washes away those sins, it's under the blood of Jesus. He remembers it no more. And some of you need to forget, your destiny's in the future, not in the past. Yeah. We all made mistakes, but you learn from them. You just don't go back to Bethsaida. So how do we receive healing? Jesus never told us to pray for the sick. Now, he did say in James to call for the elders of the church and anoint with oil, and we do that here. But he told us to heal the sick. But I think the problem is we always want to take people to church to get it. We always think, well, this person, you know, is more anointed than me. I'm not qualified. And that's what the enemy wants you to believe. But we're living in a time now where the church wherever we go. I think with all the shutdowns we learn, hey, we are the church. But I think a lot of people's faith has been rattled because I've heard people say, well, I don't want to pray for the sick anymore. Everybody I pray for dies. They got their healing in heaven. Have y'all ever felt that way before? And I can relate, and, and y'all bear with me. Most of you have heard this story, but some of the new viewers from television never heard it. But years ago, I had just started preaching. On fire for God, believed exactly what the Word said. I would lay hands on and pray for anybody. Somebody said she'd pray for a rock. And I would. <laughs> Loved it. Loved to pray with people. But my mother came down with... I I was working at the health department then with pancreatic cancer. And uh, my mother was never sick. She was probably about 66 at that time, 65. 65. Never been sick. Thought she had gallstones. um, Went to the doctor. Told her she had pancreatic cancer. Was given three months to live. Um, Well, that was devastating. So... Anyway, I was a faith preacher. I I prayed for her. I anointed her with oil. I even sang to her. Y'all, when your mother says, just one song, please. (laughs) I said, "Mommy, you want me to sing to you? Just one. Just one. But seriously, we went through, but she lived two and a half years. But what I'm saying, my mother ended up passing away. But I know the feeling of going to the doctor and them saying, okay, the tumor is grown. It's in the liver. See, we as faith preachers, we don't want to tell the other stories. But to get real with people to know that, you know what, I went through some things. Mentally, spiritually, I went through some things because what the enemy was telling me, of course, she lived two and a half years, like I said, which was a miracle, and she's healed in heaven. But I just couldn't understand when I laid hands on her and the word says she was healed, that she wasn't healed. I just couldn't understand it. And so the enemy kept putting in my mind, well, I wouldn't pray for nobody ever again. You a preacher? You can't even get your own mama healed. How in the world are you going to get anybody else healed? And I was really struggling with that because what the enemy wanted to do is to me quit, be discouraged, give up ministry, give up faith. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, you're putting too much responsibility on yourself. You are not the healer. I am. Your job is to be obedient, faithful, do what the word says to do, and then you trust me. Well, since that time, some of y'all need to hear that today. Because I know, Gloria, you have been through some tragedies here lately. And our heart goes out and we're praying for you. But all of us, if we're real, sometimes we just don't understand the purpose of things. But you just got to say, okay. But since that time, we've seen many miracles in this ministry. Why? I just do what the word says. Pray for the sick. Lay hands on them. And they get healed. Why? It's not me. It's him. And as long as we give him praise and glory, he can use all of us. So don't let fear grip your heart. You'll say, well, I don't know how to pray for anybody. Well, just say, be healed. Just Jesus heal them. You don't have to know. It's him. It's him. It's not you. So that takes a lot of pressure. Y'all go, makes me feel better. (laughs) Because his will will be done. The next thing... Is that, like I said earlier, we believe in doctors, we believe in medicine. You got to do all you know to do to take care of yourself. But then sometimes you do get physically ill. But we know He heals. He doesn't change. He's a miracle worker. Now I was talk. I read a book on a lady that has a healing ministry, and I believe we always we can learn from each other. But she was saying, I mean, she has had some miraculous miracles in her ministry and she said 90% of the people that she prays for when they are worshiping the Lord and got their eyes closed are not healed and I thought this was interesting because used to when I was praying with people and if they were just standing there looking at me I was thinking well they're not receiving anything are they Lord they were smarter than me but the reason she explained this what I want you to know he heals any way he wants to he's the Lord But she said, if Jesus Christ came in the room, you would not have your head down, looking at the floor, praising, thanking, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. You know, I've prayed with people, and I couldn't even hear me praying, because it would be like, yes, Lord, have that, that religious, y'all know what I'm talking about, yes, Lord, heal me now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. oh, keep it real. I'm giving it real. (laughs) But anyway, he, she said, when the Lord speaks to you, I mean, when you, you would look at him and just gaze into him. She said, I am an instrument that the Lord is using. And then after they received their healing That's when you rejoice and you praise the Lord. And I thought, well, that makes sense. I really, because we're all, y'all can probably recognize, we're from a loud bunch of people. Pentecostal background, we loud and long. And we think everybody's got to be loud and long, but sometimes he's the Lord, just receive. That's what I tell a lot of people, just, just receive. He's the healer. By his stripes, you were healed. So this is your season. Even you watching my television, this is your season. Don't let doubt and fear come into your mind. See, a lot of people say, well, I've been up for prayer. I've been prayed for a time. Well, it wasn't your season. When it's your season, you're going to receive. And I believe today is your day for your season. Jesus is doing a mighty work in the land. And I am so excited to see people are like gloom and doom. That's all we hear is gloom and doom. Well, I'm excited because I see God doing some great things, showing what a big God he is. But when we can put our eyes focus on him instead of everything else that's taking place in the world, that was our problem to begin with. We took our eyes off Jesus. He's the healer. He's the miracle worker. He's the deliverer, and he wants to heal you. This is your season. Are y'all ready to receive? Our ministry is to spread the hope of Jesus to this hurting world through the media. Television is very expensive, but so worth it. By partnering with us, you can touch people's lives all over. And this world needs Jesus. If you would consider partnering with us, you can make a donation through our website, SandraHancock.org, or through the address that's on the screen. Or you can even call us at 1-800-579-7350. I want to thank you in advance for being a blessing. I pray this message blessed you. And as I said earlier, some of you have been praying for something for a long time. And it's like Jesus is ignoring you. Have you ever had that happen before? Like, okay, Jesus, I'm praying for healing, but I'm getting worse. Jesus, where are you? Are you, do you hear my prayers? Well, I want you to know he loves you. He sees those tears. He hears those prayers. But as I did a teaching earlier, there is a reason for what you're going through. And we don't understand the reason sometimes. And it's okay to question God. He has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And that plan is always working. But there is a season for your healing and deliverance. And sometimes you got to do your part and don't give up in the middle of a miracle. Because a lot of people give up. In their season, because they're tired, they're worn out, they believe the lies of the enemy to say you'll never be healed, but I am believing this day is going to be your day for your miracle. Stop limiting God. We serve a supernatural, miracle-working God of now. He doesn't change. We're the one that changes. And I believe we're going to see more miracles, signs, and wonders in the church than ever before. In fact, we are with this ministry because why? That's what Jesus does. And if you're watching this program and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, that's the most important decision that you can ever make. You know, you're, you'll always go through some storms, but you'll never be alone. And if that's you, just repeat this prayer after me. I want to lead you to Jesus. Say, Jesus forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross just for me and you rose again on the third day. Come into my heart and come into my life. And from this day forth, I'm going to live for you. If you prayed that prayer, congratulations. Find you a good Bible-believing church and grow to be more like Jesus. And if you're watching this program and you need a miracle, you need a healing, we do have a 1-800 number prayer line. Leave a message. We'll call you back. It's a very busy number, but we will be sure to call you back because Jesus is the healer. He's the miracle worker. Now, I can't go off the air without thanking our partners. We sincerely love and appreciate you. We pray for you every day and I'd like to ask you to consider partnering with us or maybe just a one-time offering. Television is expensive, but people need to know Jesus is the answer in this hurting world that we're living in, and you can be a part of that also. Also, send us praise reports. I love Because I know people are being healed as you watch this broadcast today. Let us know about it. Send us praise reports. It just increases our faith to know that you're being blessed and that the Lord, there's no distance to Him. Hey, He's where you are in your den, hospital, wherever you are. He's a big God. Now, next week, we're going to have a brand new show, a brand new message. But until then, this is Sandra Hancock with Voice of Hope. And remember, your hope is in Jesus my name is Sandra Hancock and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to our broadcast many of you that are watching this broadcast you feel like you're at the end of your rope You've got some impossible situations, but i got some good news. You have hope in Jesus because we still serve a supernatural, miracle-working God of now. I also would like to invite you to come out and join us in one of our powerful conferences in a city near you. It would make our day to have you as our guest. If you think our broadcast is powerful, wait and come and experience the presence of the Lord. You'll love it. Also, I want to thank our partners. We sincerely love and appreciate you, and we thank you for helping us spread Jesus to a hurting world. God bless you all. New on Curiosity Stream: Squirrels. They're quick, they're quirky, and they go nuts for nuts. From stashing food to fighting snakes, these feisty foragers know how to survive. Don't miss Nuts About Squirrels. And MTV's killing the radio star. Dungeons and Dragons is sweeping the nation, and moms across the country are in a moral uproar. It's Parents Versus Pop Culture on a new episode of That Time When. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit curiositystream.com. Since 1981, Unbound has connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all walk together. Sponsor a child today, and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path. Change their future in just one click. Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org walk.